Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steppe. For this enchanted episode, got another John, John Bonenkamp, who wears many hats, working for AP and a number of other places covering the Hawkeyes. John, thanks for joining me. Good to be here. I've been bugging you to be on, so now it's good to be here. So I feel like we could have some like promotion of this, like John Squared or something. Sure, why not? We, yeah. we could a lot of things like that. So, Well, let's start off with the real important news. And if people have not heard this news yet, I don't know what they've been paying attention to this week, which is at Iowa Media Day this week. There will be, wait a second, I should get the details here exact so I'm not misinforming anyone on this important information. Okay, it is the Wiener Schlinger. Yes, hot dog cannon. Yes, they're going to be firing hot dogs. Yes. Into Kinnick. Yes, during on game day, yes. And on kids day, too. Yes. And we, and we get to shoot him. Uh, How quickly did you respond to that email? RSVPing uh, so you can with, shoot the cannon. Within seconds. <laughs> um, because, you know, this is everybody's dream is to shoot a hot dog cannon. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, no, I, 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 it, it's an interesting thing. It's something that apparently is done at, at I mean, clearly at other schools. But, um, it's kind of a neat thing and and I want to see how it works, you know, because I, I've seen it at games and a lot of time at baseball, I've seen minor league baseball loves hot dog cannons. And I've seen it where like they shoot them and like the hot dogs will explode, you know, and go everywhere. And um, so I, I really want to shoot one. I want to see what it's like. So yeah, when when it came out within seconds, I was like, Yes, I will shoot the hot dog cannons. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to pass that up. I'm not going to pass that up. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's I mean, football season gets long and it's, you know, whatever. And I'm like, let's have a little fun before it all starts out. Let's go shoot a hot dog cannon. So why not? I'm kind of curious. I hope that they're using actual hot dogs. Like, I feel like it'd be even better if that's the meal to all media, media day. You have to catch from the cannon. I, I don't know if I don't know if we'll have to catch him, but I'm I'm hoping there probably are. I'm, and I'm guessing as a promotional thing, we will get hot dogs out of this. So, <laughs> um, you know, and if they're the hot dogs, they sell at Kinnick and send, sell at Carver. They're good hot dogs, you know. So, uh, again, part of the fan experience. So everybody get ready because they will be shooting hot dogs in the stands at Kinnick this year. So, you know, come winter, we'll have to figure out how they keep those warm enough, but. On to now, probably slightly more serious stuff. It's yes. an interesting time for yep. Iowa Media Day. You have the Big Ten expansion recently and a coach who has made it clear that he does not want to, outside of bowl games, play out west. Well, all of yes, a sudden, out west games are happening. Yes. And and it is, I mean, I mean, just think back to where we were a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And we're sitting there and we're told at Big Ten Media Day, I don't know, we're, we're done with the expansion. We, we just want to get USC and UCLA. And within days, you know, you're adding two more teams. And um, so, yeah, this is going to be, I mean, there's going to be a lot of topics of discussion on Friday. But um, it's one of them because this really is going to impact the league one way or the other. That if they're going to do like they were saying, 
where everybody plays everybody within a two-year period, they're going to be making a couple of trips out to the West Coast. And Kirk doesn't like that and never has liked that. So um, this is all part of the new landscape, and it's something that he's going to have to deal with. And it'll be curious to see his reaction on, on, on Friday when he's asked about it. And the other interesting piece of that, too, is if you are going to stick with playing every team every other year and over a four-year period getting to play everybody, you're not going to get those three protected rivalries anymore. Nope. Nope. And Iowa nope. was really fortunate with keeping all three when nobody else had that. Right. It was it was a, it was a big break for them. And and I mean, because those are games that the fans have always liked. They like Minnesota with Floyd Rosedale and they like, you know, and they like Nebraska on Black Friday and all that. And those are going to have to go or two of them are going to have to go. And so it's going to be curious. It's going to be interesting to see what goes and what stays. But, um, you know, this this whole deal has really kind of thrown a wrench into what looked like a very perfect plan for 2024 and 2025. Oh, yeah. I think Iowa probably got their dream situation there because Gary Barta had talked about wanting to preserve as many rivalries as possible, even through, I think, Northwestern and Illinois in there, if I'm remembering correctly. Those weren't going to happen. We knew that. But they got pretty much everything else. And, okay, technically, I think somebody pointed out how you could have three protected rivalries and then play teams three times every seven years. Well, is this conference configuration going to last seven years? I mean, 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 let's be honest. We we have no idea what this is all going to look like when the next media rights thing comes up. Oh, yeah. So, you know, all these plans that they're making now, it's just – Really, you're you're going on a two year deal now. I mean, and that's part of, and that may be part of the reason why when they did this original schedule as well as for the next two years, they didn't look too far down the road because they know that the landscape. I mean, you know, even they they're talking about, you know, oh, you know, I saw a column and they still might add Stanford and Cal, you know, or you know, or where or if Stanford and Cal, you know, who knows what happens with the ACC. What happens if that falls apart? It, it, you just don't know what it's going to look like in the next four. And it, I mean, it has really gotten really out of hand. And um, if you're a coach and you're trying to figure all that stuff out, I, I think you just throw up your hands and say, let's just worry about this year. And, and and then we'll worry about everything else when it comes down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about it, the coaches, particularly, I think, outside of football, They aren't necessarily the winners out of this. When you're a soccer team, for example, and you're having a couple games each week, okay, you can have travel partners. You can make things a little better. Right. Where you can play Oregon and Washington in one trip. But still, schools are either going to have to fork up the money for more charter flights, or there could be a lot of down-the-line not so student student athlete consequences for this, right? When I mean, let, I mean, let's face it. This all of this goes back to football. It all goes back to you know, great. Now, now they've got Oregon and Washington. So hey, guess what? We can now fill that nine thirty time slot on Saturday nights for football. There will always be a West Coast game on Saturday nights now. Um, but I don't think anybody ever took into account all the other things with it. 
And I will give credit to whoever the first AD or first president is who says, hey, we're making more money. By the way, we're not our guy, our our players, no matter what sport, are going to be flying charters. And I will give, I mean, I whether it happens or not, I don't know. But um I you know, when this all came up last week and 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 you could see that the Big Ten, I was really hoping somebody in the Big Ten was, would say, do we really need to do this? We're at 16. We've got all the major markets. Do we really need to add two more teams because they're available? And nobody in them, and maybe somebody did. I know they said there were some people that, that had some questions. But for the most part, they just rubber, you know, rubber stamped it. Hey, Fox is going to give us more money. They're not going to be making as much money as we are in those first few years of this deal. And so, uh, you know, why not? Let's go to 18. And, you know, it's it's that old line, you know, you were too busy wondering if you could. You were not wondering if whether you should. And I just, you know, I, I just had a real, last week I had a real problem with this. and And it just felt like, you know, okay, 16 makes sense. Does this really make sense? And I, I just don't know if it does or not. I mean, well, I'm okay if 18 would have been Notre Dame and Clemson, you know, because, I mean, it's, you know, in, in this general footprint and whatever else, but you're adding two teams that I don't know what they add to you television-wise. I don't know what, you know, I just don't know what they add. And so, like I said, last week, I kind of had a big problem with what they did. Because I'm like, it just keeps going down the road to something that we're not going to like when it's all over with. Yeah, I think regionalism is kind of dead now in college football. Because when you have Washington Rutgers as a league game or UCLA Purdue as a league game, that's just not really what it is. Now, Iowa can benefit in terms of the TV money, at least short term, because they're going to have the ability to fund things that other schools outside of these power conferences, what seems like power two or power three that could be emerging. Already we're down to kind of power four, could be even fewer, but they're going to have some competitive advantages with those resources for sure. But at the same time for fans, if you want to see Iowa play Wisconsin every year, this probably isn't good news for that. Same with Minnesota, as we were talking about before. And if you want to see Iowa go to Indianapolis every year, this makes that a much more difficult path when you have to be ahead of, even when we didn't have Oregon and Washington in the Big Ten at this point, and we are just talking about a 16-team conference. Okay, you have to be better in Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, USC, and UCLA, four out of those five. That's a, that's a high bar. Yeah, and when you say that about, well, it's going to make it hard for him to go to Indianapolis. Well, let's be honest, that game may not be in Indianapolis every year. You know, there may be a Big Ten championship game in L.A. Um, You know, there may be a Big Ten championship game in Seattle. There may be, you know, and and this kind of happened in basketball a few years ago when when they brought Maryland and Rutgers in and then they put a game and they put the Big Ten basketball tournament at men's basketball tournament at Madison Square Garden. Then they played in Washington, D.C., and it, it was kind of a bone, the throw to those schools and those fan bases. But, but, but I mean, it's like, you know, how long before we get the announcement that SoFi Stadium is going to be the host of the Big Ten championship game? Um, you know, I, I just have this feeling there is going to come a day when this, I mean, 
I, I keep thinking, I, I don't know if you ever saw the movie. It was, a, and I, it came up and it just, I thought of it this week and it was an HBO movie on the 2008 financial crisis. And this, they were explaining what was going on. And, and this woman says, well, why didn't anybody know about it? Why didn't anybody figure out that this could happen? And somebody said, because they were making too much money. And I think that's going to be what happens in six years is that there's going to be something's going to tear apart here because, the, the, again, the media rights money isn't going to be there. I mean, it may not be there. You never know. And and then everybody's going to be like, well, what happened to college football? Well, they were too busy making too much money to figure it out. You know, so I, I, I fear that day is coming. And, of course, everybody has said that over the years when there's been other expansions. So, you know, maybe I'm just be, but. I just feel like we're at a tipping point here, and and I, and I really don't like where it's going. I don't think. At the very least, it seems like a new era, and yes. it seems like you're going to look, especially in the Big Ten, at pre twenty twenty four and post twenty twenty four. Hard yes. to know what exactly post twenty twenty four is going to look like, but it's certainly going to be different from the even with Nebraska and Rutgers and Maryland, still a regional ish conference to just okay which schools make the most sense on a tv map and you know there are some perks to it where playing if you're trading off the purdue game to play oregon i think that's a matchup that fans are gonna like right so there are some perks but it's certainly gonna be different yeah i mean yeah i mean i you know ask an iowa fan you know who do you rather have come to the kinnick you know rutgers or or Oregon, you're going to take Oregon, you know, Maryland or UCLA or USC, you're going to take those other schools. Um, but again, the trade-off is going to be, and I go back to that, where now you're going to fill that 930 window on Saturday nights. Well, that 930 window on Saturday nights isn't going to be Michigan at Washington or Ohio State at Oregon. It's going to be Purdue at Oregon. It's going to be Iowa at Washington. It's going to be, you know, it's not going to be the, the I mean, the the really big names aren't going to be inconvenienced and you know and 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 so it's again there's just going to be some things i think at some point it's all gonna it's all gonna kind of come in on it's all gonna collapse on itself and and we're gonna wonder what happened and and realize that we saw it happen We, we were watching it happen well, switching from one hot topic that will probably come up on Friday to another one, gambling. It seems yep. to be the story that keeps on giving. It really occupied a lot of Big Ten media days. Yes, and and I mean, and we still don't know. There's still a lot of names out there that we don't know a lot about. And it's not just at Iowa. It's at Iowa State, too. And you can, you know, you could tell the other day at their media day where this is kind of going. And um you know there, there's some there's some other shoes that i think haven't dropped yet and and by that i mean whether it's somebody else getting some sort of penalty or somebody being cleared you know we don't know if you know i mean because we you know we know we knew back at media day at big 10 media day noah shannon wasn't going to be there because he okay is noah shannon cleared now you know are they done with the investigation what do we know what do we don't you know and so there's still that 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 cloud kind of hanging over this program and when i say the program i mean the entire athletic program it's not just football i mean there are Mm -hmm. other athletes and other sports involved but you know when does this all get cleared up 
And, you know, at, at some point you've got to make a decision one way or the other, either this, either this athlete broke the rule or they didn't, you know? And so if you're still investigating, you know, whoever it is, you know, one way or another, you need to do something here because we're getting ready to, for the season to start and they have to know, I mean, one way or the other, what they're going to do. So it'll be a question comes up. Where are these players? Um, you know, the players that are involved, you know, what, you know, that, that those questions will come up. And so, yeah, it's another thing that's hanging over this program. And, and I think they probably all wish this could just get resolved here as soon as possible one way or the other. And a really complicating factor of it is we're really talking about two investigations in one mm-hmm. because you have the division of criminal investigation, the state law enforcement investigation in one bucket, and then the NCAA investigation in the second and yeah. the state law enforcement Okay, their top priority, the criminal justice system's top priority is not going to be, okay, who's going to be available? Now, from an NCAA standpoint, the longer that this takes for the NCAA to come up with this, there are consequences for NCAA-sponsored sports. Now, the NCAA isn't fast with making decisions, but with each week, it seems that passes, there are more consequences in terms of not knowing especially when there's a lot of uncertainty, it seems, even for coaches right now. Well, and, and you've seen this, too, with, with the NCAA and some of these other investigations that have happened at other schools with, you know, paying players and all that other stuff that went on at LSU and, and some of those other places. The NCAA doesn't have subpoena power. The DCI does. So the NCAA is going to let them run their course, and then when it's all over with, take all that information and make their decision. So as long as the DCI is still playing around with this, the NCAA is not going to touch it because the NCAA says, no, no, these guys can go ahead and play. And then the DCI comes back and says, well, we found this. Well, now, you know, what do you do? So they're going to be waiting for the other investigation to happen. And and it's, you know, it's going to take a while. There's no doubt about it, but it does need, I, I, I think everybody wishes it would get resolved right now, one way or the other, good or bad. Yeah, because you use the analogy of a dark cloud. I think this really is something that, okay, when it comes to court appearances in September, you can just go down the line of this can just drag on and overshadow what could be a really good year, too. Yes. And and I think you have to I think you have to approach it as if you have any guys on your team, you know, no matter what it is. You just right now just have to block that they're not on your depth chart in your mind. You know, the, the you, you you just have to look as we may not have them all year. And so you just kind of have to move on without them. Say, hey, you can do this, you can do that, but we have to move on. You can't just, you can't pencil somebody in the depth chart and keep plugging him in at practice and then, oh, by the way, you lose him, you know. So, um, you know, I think a lot of those, you just have to kind of leave them behind at this point and let the process take its course and then you figure out where to go from there. And I think some of the positions, like I don't think you're going to be losing too much sleep over the backup kicker slash punter, but Noah Shannon, you've got a really experienced guy. And with that, there's an opportunity for a guy like YA black. You have an opportunity for Aaron Graves, especially if black can't stay healthy, especially for Aaron Graves. So you have some opportunities there, but you need to be giving these guys these opportunities in fall camp. And I'm sure that's what Iowa in in general, when you have 
these fall camps, the second team guys, the third team guys are still getting a lot of reps, but it's going to be on them to step up when you don't know, okay, how long are you going to be without Noah Shannon? How long are you going to be without insert name yet to be announced here? And that's the other thing too, is that we just don't know who the other ones are. Yeah, I mean, you see it kind of dribble out bits and pieces in whatever sport, you know, but um, we still don't know, you know, I mean, you can see the message board rumors on player X, player Y, but you just don't know one way or another. You, now, now, I would imagine, I don't know if we'll get an updated death chart on Friday, but you might be able to look at that and kind of figure out, well, who's here and who's not. And so um, that might give us a little clearer picture on where this is all at right now. Yeah, unless they decide to suit them up anyways, too, on Saturday, which who knows? There isn't really a precedent for this. I I was going to say, and that's the other thing. There is no precedent for it. There is no playbook. There is no, if you do this, you're going to get this. And, um, you know, I... I think the thing that about this whole gambling thing and whether it's at Iowa State or Iowa, when, when you see what some of these guys have done, whether it's how many bets they've placed, how much money they've bet, you know, the stuff with players who use their parents, um, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that that you can kind of laugh about and you're like, man, how how stupid could these guys be? You know, and then you realize when we were in college, we did stupid things too. So you can't, you know, but speak for yourself. Yeah, okay. But anyway, um, but um, yeah, we won't we won't go into that here. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, I mean, it's somewhere along the line, somewhere they should have had, and I'm sure they did, but they should have taken that education of don't bet. You know, you can't gamble on NCA sponsored sports, even if it's not your sport. If you want to gamble on something that, that, that you're not going to get in trouble for, bet on NASCAR, bet on IndyCar, bet on UFC. Um, if you really want to bet so bad, but when you're betting on your own team or you're betting on your own school at another sport, you you invited this trouble in your house, basically. And, of course, this comes with a caveat of if the allegations are true, since right. this is all alleged. But with the alleged activities... I think maybe this is a wake-up call to athletes in terms of the sophistication of the sports betting enforcement. Yep. Where, okay, just because that account is under somebody else's name, okay, these bets are getting geo-tracked here. And you know these betting companies know where these bets are being placed. So you look at it and... I would imagine that there would probably be some compliance departments across the country that are using Iowa and Iowa state right now as an example of, Hey, just because you think you can do this and get away with it does not mean that you will. And now a lot of these athletes could be paying a pretty hefty price. When you think about the eligibility guidelines and potentially in many, if not all of these cases of permanent loss of eligibility in terms of the, based on the alleged charges we know so far. Well, and that's, and that's the thing too. Now, now you, now I was talking about the playbook early. Now you have the playbook on what could happen to you. So if you're a, if you're a college athlete now that's betting on this stuff, you, you really being an idiot at this point, because you're just asking for trouble. You know, and, and you know, go back to the, the Alabama baseball, you know, stuff that I think kind of set all this off. 
you know, I think I, I don't know if that I don't know what happened, what transpired between that and the the Iowa investigation, but I think that set it off. And I would imagine probably around the country there are a lot of these similar investigations going on right now. And and I, I just just anticipating it showing up somewhere else. But if it's stuff that has happened after the first of June when you knew what was going on then you deserve whatever's coming you buddy because you you really messed this one up oh yeah and you know with gambling we have big 10 expansion it's an interesting last few weeks but there's also yes. football coming ahead yep. yep and we'll actually get a look at the 2023 Hawkeyes really for the first time this year unless you count the little bit of open spring availability mm-hmm. And I think the thing that's going to take center stage here is the offense and particularly on the offensive line, how much has this group improved? I, to me, this that's the biggest key of this season for this team is how better they are up front. And it starts with your center. I mean, it starts with Logan Jones. It starts with what, what he has learned from his first year. I think they're just better on, on the offensive line. They're more experienced now. A lot of those guys got a lot of playing time. And you've added some guys, some older guys. So I, to me, the fact that if they can be a better unit, this that makes this offense that much better because it gives your quarterback time, gives your running back room to run. Um, you know, so so I, I think there's that that really right there starts your offense on a better path. And you look at the transfer additions, so Thrusty, Feth, and Dejan Parker. Yes. Those are not easy adjustments to go up to a Big Ten competitive level. But if they make that adjustment well, that really makes a difference, too, where if you could potentially have a situation where you have either Nick DeYoung or Connor Colby on the bench, that's not necessarily a position that you've been in. And you look at just guards in general, you have more depth there. I think than you've had in past years and tackle if Jennings Dunker is out there, you have him as an option. You have obviously Dejan Parker as an option. So it just seems like you have more options for lack of a better word, but at the same time, you kind of have to see it to believe it after seeing the last two years of results or lack thereof. Well, you know, two years ago there, they struggled early and got better late. Last year, it was just a constant struggle. And, and some of it had to do with injuries. And some of it just had to do with just you didn't have guys to plug into certain spots. Now you do. And and now all these guys have kind of seen what they can do. And so I think it's a, I think it's a deeper line. And with the additions, like you talked about, it's a more experienced line. And I, I, I to me, if, if that group is together early, this will be a really good offense, I think, regardless of all the other stuff that we talk about, if they're just better up front, they're going to be a better offense. Oh, yeah. And you can't really go down either. It's the other no, part of it. Well, yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, I, I think when you look at it, just the overall offense, you're better up front. I think you're, you're better quarterback. And I don't mean that just as a starter. Mm-hmm. I think you're better in that room. I think you've got a better number two. I think your number three now has some game experience. Um, so you're better there too. You've got more guys at wide receiver than what you had this time last year, you know, and, and again, more experienced guys that, that even if some of them haven't played a lot, they've 
practiced a lot and they're in their older, you know. And so you, I, I just think they're better at a lot of positions that they weren't very good at last year. And, and it's, and it's a, and it's a depth thing too, that I think makes the difference. And you look at a guy like Caleb Brown, if Iowa figures out how to best use him, because at points, I think they weren't some of Iowa's playmakers. You look at like Arlen Bruce, I don't think was always best set up for success with the play calling. But if you can figure out how to use Caleb Brown, a big if, but if you can, you have a lot of talent there and a lot of potential and you're playing some weaker defenses too, relatively speaking, compared to last year's just gauntlet of top 10 defenses too. That makes a difference as well. Yeah, and and and, and, and I know we'll talk about the quarterback, but I mean, you, you've got a quarterback that, that can deliver the ball. If you have a quarterback that, that throws, that can deliver 60, 65% accuracy, your offense is obviously going to be better, you know. Um, if you've got a quarterback who's mobile, your offense is obviously better, you know, regardless of what plays you call. If you if you're delivering passes on time and on target, you're going to move the ball. And that was a problem last year that, you know, as again, you can point to play calling or whatever, but there were a lot of open receivers that were missed. And, you know, again, that's five, six yards at a time that make a big difference in the long run. And to your point with that 60 to 65% range, you don't need Cade McNamara to be CJ Stroud this year. And he's not CJ Stroud either. Right. So you get him though in that 60 to 65 range. And that works well with what Iowa tries to do offensively. So there's a lot of optimism there. And I think kind of flipping over to the defensive side, I don't think anyone's really concerned about the defensive line. I'm curious about linebackers, though. Yeah, too, but I think you've got good you've got good guys there. It's gonna be how good who fits where, and 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 is and how how will they play together? I, I mean, I think there's talent there. It's just a matter of okay, who's gonna do this? Who's gonna do this? You know that sort of thing. And and if they figure that out here in the next week or two, um, there's a lot of talent there, and I think it's a good linebacking group. It may not be as good as what we've seen in the past. But it's still going to be pretty good, I think. And when oh, yeah. you're really good up front and you're really good at the back, um, that that makes it just that much better. And you have a little more leeway too, where okay, yeah. Nick Jackson is comes in with quite the resume. He's not yeah. Jack Campbell, but you don't necessarily need to be Jack Campbell if the right. defensive line does what the defensive line is expected to do, and if the secondary does what the secondary is. Expected is expected to do secondary you have the little bit of the asterisk with depth but you look at it still pretty high expectations there so you have a little more leeway there and you have a guy like jay higgins that really got you know thrown into it last year yep and now he's got a year to learn from it and you have that duo okay you know you don't have campbell benson but i think a lot of defensive coordinators would take jackson higgins oh yeah I mean, there, there is, like I said, it may be a little bit of a drop off, but it's still a really good unit. Yeah. And I, there were some guys that I think that, that didn't get a lot of playing time that learned a lot. And so now, okay, who, like I said, the, the question becomes who do you put where and why? And once in, in Phil Parker's going to figure that out if he hasn't already, you know? Yeah. And so I, th- there's, there's really, I just, I look at that defense and I'm like, there's just nothing I'm concerned about there. 
I mean, it's just it's just so good from front to back. And so many stars and so many playmakers. And um, you know, I that's just that's one thing that I just really don't worry about unless a ton of injuries happen. And then you're putting some guys in there that, that haven't played a lot. But but with the group they've got right now, this is a really good group. And you have that asterisk kind of everywhere where right. okay, if Iowa loses Cooper DeGene, they're really, you know, place of hurt. But you can say that about most other secondaries too about their best defensive back. And you'd be saying the same thing about them being in a whole world of hurt. Yeah. And you saw that last year in the Nebraska game. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that changed that secondary round in a hurry. So, um, you know, again, you worry about those sort of things sometimes, but then again, you realize those guys are going to be in there for a lot of plays this year and they're just really damn good. Yeah. And if you get a Cohen entering or a TJ Hall to get them to take that next step, just to name a few of those players, that also helps in terms of the depth standpoint where, okay, you're in a little better of a position to withstand a situation like Nebraska last year because injuries happen. It happened with Jamari Harris last year, happened with Terry Roberts. Like it seems like forever that Terry Roberts has been hurt. Happened with, Riley Moss the year before you can kind of go down the list and injuries happen. So if you do get one or two more of those guys, I think they're in good spots and then special yeah. teams. Yeah. There's not really too much to say there. You've got yeah. all three specialists back. Yeah. You're, you're, you're really just, you know, you've got, you've got the one of the best punters in the country. You had a kicker had a really good year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, I mean, and so, so now he's a year older, he's got some experience learning some different things. And I think the thing I like about Tory Taylor is he could have left for the NFL and couldn't yeah. make a lot of money. And he was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just not there yet. I've got to work on little things. And, I'm like, and when he was saying that, you know, a few weeks ago, we saw him, I was like, I don't know what else you could have to work on. And then he sat there and explained some things. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe you're right. You know? So he realizes what those deficiencies are and he's working on. And if you, if you, roll that package and you make it a more complete group that makes him a, just a really, really better punter. And then that makes Iowa. I mean, that, that you're controlling field position after that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting though. And it all begins Friday with media day, Saturday with kids day. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's here. It's, you know, it's uh it did just seem like yesterday we were talking in the spring and now it's here, you know, and um I, I, you know, I, I think this. I think this is just a better group. It's a better team. It's a better schedule, um, and and I just think that that all the stuff that we've dealt with last year, I, I think a lot of that stuff is gone. I hope anyway, because that became a very long season, um, and I and so I'll be interesting to see how it all kind of comes together. Yeah. Well, John, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've enjoyed it. We go. We go another hour if you wanted to. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I need to have dinner. Slightly yeah. important thing. Yeah. Well, thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode. Until next time, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.